lower your weapons. I said lower your weapons! You have much to answer for, General. And what of you, my friend? A year ago I heard stories of your death, at the hands of a child, no less. Now here you stand, not only alive, but leading the very creatures we've been charged to destroy! Well, if that's the case, I'm afraid their threats were actually pretty effective. Sawa Sensei's lips are sealed now. There's not much we can really do about it. have some favorite uh, voice actors both english and foreign slash japanese hit me hit me with some names please favorite voice actors man there's just so so many um all right so you've got um uh his his name escapes me at the moment but the japanese voice actor for uh solid snake um i it'll come back to me i know it uh because I, I see his name all over the place, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Akio Otsuka. Yes, thank you, Akio. Thank you. Um, no he's worries. fantastic. And um, I really like... Um, I thought when, when I uh, first started you know, really chasing this, I, I was definitely uh, following David Hayter across projects. I love Charlie Adler. I I think it's fantastic uh, when he pops up and stuff. Um, and he's just got this crazy, like, non-cocaine-based cocaine <laughs> energy level, you know? It's incredible. Um, I love uh, Michael Wincott. Michael Wincott has this incredible uh, voice that I, from following him across projects, I discovered that there's this um, kind of technique where you, you breathe out and then put the voice on top of it and your voice just uh you know beautifully down there i didn't um, even realize he did voice acting as well he is uh he's the voice of death in darksiders 2 i think sick and, i've always thought he had such a sick face man oh yeah he's just incredible he was um he's one of the in halo 2 i think it was he he was one of the uh, prophets and I didn't realize it playing it, but like after, you know, discovering who he was and I was like, holy shit, that's that guy. I totally recognize the voice now. Um, uh, I really love um, Elias Defexus for his husky, smoky voice. And that that voice uh, with anyone, honestly, makes me an, an instant fan. So um, uh, women who have that voice, uh, I love hearing that being exercised in voiceover i love a smoky um, voice man i mean it helps that we're both smoky but you know it's just such a great tone it is it's a great underappreciated voice type yes. uh, courtney taylor has that that rich beautiful smoky voice um uh i don't know i i haven't thought 
um, about my my favorites in a while, so I apologize for not having that better prepared. Dude, you just hit me with four names. You have nothing to apologize for, man. There That's you go. fucking fantastic. Um, all right, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, what are some of your favorite uh, animations slash animes? And, and that can also go into recommendations as well. I'm a big fan of Studio Ghibli. Uh, original Miyazaki's um, works, so Princess Mononoke, Castle in the Sky, um, mm-hmm. Howl's Moving Castle in particular was uh, one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I, I think I've seen all of them. I mean, it's basically great. Ghibli's pretty much the anime Disney. That's always how I describe yes. it in my head. Yeah, basically, and it's so funny because uh, the English dubs are mostly produced by Disney. Oh, really? There yeah. you go. Very interesting. Um, I, there's an anime called Parasite, which, um, I find I don't have as much time as I probably should to actually watch anime, but that anime is fantastic. Is that the thing with the guy with the hand kind of taking him over? It's on my watch list. That's great. And I recommend, unfortunately, I have to recommend you watch it in Japanese. Sorry, English dubbers, but that one is so much better in Japanese. Isn't it the eternal thing? I mean, sorry to interject here. I, I have to mention the fact that I spent my whole life, well, not my whole life, that's bullshit, because I'm about to interject and disagree. I spent a lot of my life uh, watching anime dubs because it's just how I found it. You know, like manga videos, DVDs, whatever. And I liked it, and I didn't really know any better. And I was, I've always been a huge fan of Steve Blum. You know, I've just kind of... yeah. He's been a part of my life since I was a kid, you know, Wolverine, Cowboy Bebop, other stuff I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, fantastic dubs. The the Samurai Champloo, like legit, fantastic. Yes. And I always said, listen, man, like I want to give respect to the people doing what I would love to do in the future myself. But then it's a tough one because it's awesome in Japanese and, you know, there's something to be said about the native language. Mm Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it is objectively better. And it's a really tough... I mean, I guess what's the best thing to do? Just watch it in both, eventually? Out of respect? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, go ahead, please. It it is really tough because they're they're written in Japanese, right? So you've Mm. got things that only make sense to that culture, that language, right? That don't really... They get lost in translation, right? They don't really... Uh, translate over correctly and sometimes you can really pick up on that when you you watch a dubbed anime with subtitles and you're like that's not what they said oh my god you know what yeah. that's such a good point and you, you've you've just like gave me you, you might well notice but i only noticed because a friend of mine uh who's fluent in japanese told me but do you know attack on titan is an example of that i don't yeah. know if you're are you aware yeah no that's that's a that's a great example yeah it's a great dub and a sub the, the fact, but I, I mean, like uh, lost in translation. Yeah, because the name Shingeki no Kyojin is mistranslated. The show is not called Attack on Titan. It's actually called Attack Titan. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's such a fascinating detail that would really subvert what the show feels like. Because it makes I mean, a huge difference. Huge, because you're like, oh, Shingeki no Ki- Attack Titan. It's of course it's about Eren. I mean, because we think it is already, because he's the protagonist, but then you kind of forget about it because there's so much going on in this world. But then, but the only time it's ever mentioned is like in season three, or I can't remember, it's three or four, when he's like, Shingeki no Kyojin. 
And you're like, huh, he's just said his name. But they don't fucking say it. Because, yeah, it's mistranslated. Because Attack on Titan doesn't mean anything. It's like, what, is Titan a planet? It should either be Attack of the Titans or Attack on Titans. But because it's mistranslated, people in the Western world mostly don't realize it's called Attack Titan. So that, to me, always sticks out as being the most glaring uh, mistranslation. That's that's so funny. Are you familiar with the uh, the Resident Evil franchise? Yes, and I know what you're going to say, and I fucking yeah. love this. Yeah, it's it's because I didn't even play. I've only played one and three, but I really was it seven where they tied them over. Such a genius yeah. move. Yeah, but 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 please say it for the people who don't uh, know this reference. Well, it, in Japan, it's called Biohazard, right? So. And that, if you really think about it, if you play the game, that title makes so much more sense. <laughs> the Resident Evil? Is yeah. it a fucking house? Yeah, flat, exactly. Uh, is it a flatmates that you, that you don't trust? <laughs> so the first game, you play in a mansion. So I feel like it's really a dumbed-down American title to be like, zombies live here, Resident Evil. It's 100%, really, 100% that's why yeah. they did it. And they didn't it, think, yeah. well, I'm sure it's always going to be in this house, right? It's never going to go anywhere else. But then you get into the series and their bioweapons. Biohazard makes so much. It's a biohazard spill. It's a contamination yeah. incident. Biohazard makes so much more sense. I wish they would call it biohazard. So. It, it's so true. I mean, what? Unless they're going to be like mansion, evil, palace, evil. <laughs> <laughs> the house of zombies. Oh, we can't do that. That's house of the dead's already taken shit. Sorry. Make it close. Something yeah. similar. Yeah, it's by so I just love the fact it's Resident Evil, Biohazard, and Biohazard, Resident Evil. That kind of thing is just a wonderful nod that fans are just really gonna really love seeing. Yes. Uh yeah, so again, uh so any more anime favorites slash recommendations? Um, you named a bunch of the ones that I actually wanted to recommend. The classics. Um Cowboy Bebop, Shampoo, um, uh, I liked um, Outlaw Star growing up. I thought that was a really great one. Not not so much for the dub, but the shows, the, what the show dealt with, I thought was really, really cool. I don't believe I've seen that one. Um, I A lot of my to, my anime came from Toonami when I was growing up. So that's... Okay, I never had the Toonami, unfortunately. So I, yeah. I probably missed out on a few. Most of my anime was actually seen on the, the channel we've got in this country called Channel 4. And I watched it, uh, usually it was on really late at night, like after midnight kind of stuff. And I watched Fist of North Star that way. And, uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, Akira, of course. Yeah. Uh, I also watched Bebop. And yeah, they, they sporadically did anime on Channel 4. And that was like my home. And also my cousin just got me into a lot of cool shit. I mean, again, we're comparable in age. So do, do you remember the, the manga entertainment trailer from the 90s? I don't. I don't think it. No. Let, let me see if I can refresh you. If it goes a. No, I don't remember. Thank you for going through the whole thing, though. I don't remember. I'm sorry. That's how I am. I hate when someone's doing a rendition and and they drop in like a bar and I'm like, have some fucking conviction. Even though I was totally regretting it, like <laughs> in a, the, about the seventh duda in, I'm like, just stop. He doesn't. Like 
<laughs> but I'll send you the link because it was the okay. most like powerful thing for me as a kid. It was literally the thing that got me into anime and the thing that got me into metal. And yeah, it was powerful. Ah. <laughs> yeah, the theme was done by one of the most influential metal slash avant-garde bands in history called Celtic Frost, who were genuine trailblazers for extreme and avant-garde metal worldwide. Celtic uh, Frost. Celtic That's Frost, awesome. yeah. And uh, the, the the song itself is called The Heart Beneath. But yeah, I'll, you know what? I'm going to just make a note to send that to you. God, I love talking to you. It's so fucking easy. It's like, it's, like, it's like talking to myself that knows things I know, but also knows things I don't. We'll speak for hours, and then we'll send each other links for hours afterwards. Exactly. No, you <laughs> hang up. Uh, <laughs> what was, I wanted to say another... Oh, yeah, that's it. Another question. Do you have a favorite slash favorite OP songs? Very interested to know this one. Uh, the opener for animes. That's right. Which is annoying because it also means overpowered. It's like, come on, let's come up with new acronyms. Right. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't have a favorite. I think, I think, um, I what sticks out to me was probably the opener for the Baroni Kenshin anime, and the opener for I probably Outlaw Star. Okay, I'm gonna make notes of these and look into that. Uh, all right. Favorite but video. I'm also one of those oh, yeah. guys that will skip the opening. Oh, you're one of those. I'm sorry. I'm that, sorry. I, I forgive you. It's each to their own. I'm an anti. I, if I love a song, I will literally watch it every single time. If I hate a song, I'll skip it every time. So it's all yeah. situational. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm. You know, if, if I fucking hate a song, why am I going to listen? Like, for instance, I love every AOT intro. And I watched all of them apart from Red Swan. Because I just I hated that song. Actually, you know, the, the opener for Kageki Shujo is really, really good. I was very impressed with that. Let's see. Or Shoujo. I'm going to pronounce it every different way. That's fine. You're covering all your bases. Uh, yeah. Favorite video games slash recommendations. Obviously, one's Breath of the Wild. That's a really good one. Um, uh, the friend of mine who got me into fighting games, he did it through a game called Bloodborne. Um, what? Yes, uh, because the <laughs> okay. the way that he had he I had been playing it pretty haphazardly. Right, I started with Dark Souls. I was terrible at it. I was like, why do people like this? So we get into Bloodborne, and he's like, all right, but look at it this way. And he shows me these how these techniques that he's carried over from playing Street Fighter all his life translate into this game and actually make it a lot more enjoyable. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah. And I, I got really far into the game trying it that way. And it, it changed the way that I looked at combat in those kinds of games. So I went back and replayed different games, totally different ways. Um, Skyrim, I've played so, so fucking much of, I don't want to play it ever again. Um, but I went back and played it like it was a souls game and, and I was like, okay, no, this is actually a lot more enjoyable. So, um, so interesting. Just, timing your timing your blocks to where like if you actually get it at the right time you can <clears> cause an enemy to stagger and then have a a big old opening you know keeping your appropriate distance not being too far away but just just enough to where when the enemy creates an opening you suddenly have your opening um and so <clears> since then i've gone back and tried all the souls games again have a whole new appreci appreciation for them breath of the wild plays so much differently for for me now because of that um 
and it's I the game was really difficult at first, although still really really fun because there's so much you can do in it. But once I realized how to time my my moves in combat, I was like, "Fuck, this game is amazing now!" <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, don't get, look. I get all of that, and that makes perfect sense. I'm just putting myself in a situation how much of a lazy shit I am. I'm never <laughs> going to do any of that. My technique is usually. I'm going to strafe a bit, but whatever. You're going to hit me a few times. I'm never going to study enough to parry. <laughs> and I find it fascinating that you've retroactively got into beat-em-ups. Because when I was younger, beat-em-ups were arguably my favorite genre. I was obsessed with Street Fighter. Pretty huge Mortal Kombat fan. Pretty much any franchise that came out, I was I was into it. Uh, fucking Toshinden, Tobal Number 1, Bloody Raw, Tekken, if I didn't say that. King of Fighters, all of them. Love Loved Tekken. all of them. Tekken's amazing. And I Tekken's just, the shit. Chicken. I had to say that. <laughs> Tekken. Oh, yeah. Tekken. I, I could literally mimic... Uh, my favorite voiceover was the one from... Uh, was the announcer from Tekken to Paul Phoenix. Yeah. Kazuya Mishima. Yoshimitsu. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Jack. It's uh, almost like a Smash Brothers announcer. Yeah, God, that's so. But it's weird. Like the older I've got, even though I've still occasionally got beat ups, I also love Soul Calibur a lot because I love. Yeah, Soul Calibur is fantastic. Medieval fantasy. It's a big jam for me. Hence why I love Skyrim. Uh, I I got so bored of them, and I thought, "There's I I feel like I've taken beat em ups as far as I can go," and and when I say beat em ups, I generally mean like the one on one facing each other, be it three D or sprite based. And, you know, you've got obviously, uh, Yakuza is like basically the evolution of a scrolling beat them up, like a final fight right? or a double dragon, which I loved them at the time as well. River City Ransom. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I, I, I got, I got part two of that, uh, which I was playing a bit with my son, which I found enjoyable. I mean, it was the one they just made like River City Girls, I think. Well, yeah, uh, the, the last one we played was basically, I can't remember which one it was, but it was, there's just all a bunch of school kids and like fighting, fighting teams. Yeah. And it yeah, was, yeah, it yeah. was really enjoyable, like, and just, just simple. And cause a lot of the times I kind of play games for three reasons. One occasion I want something really immersive, but generally I've put so much time into voice acting and the podcast that I've just taking away time from it. The last game I was really fixated on was Hades, which is a masterpiece. Oh yeah, Hades is great. Just in- <laughs> incredible. And literally, to, for my money, I think you'll vibe with this. I think it's one of the best allegories for life in the sense that Zagreus is gifted, he's skilled, but he's in this constant grind. And every time he gets a little bit further and something slows him down, but he gains a bit of experience every time and he gets a bit better either you get better with the playing mechanics or you know you manage to kind of level up your stocks or your weapons and then you're obviously hearing like the the low-key incredibly deep story behind it like the fact it's all about kind of familial and relationship ties and acceptance and connectivity and disconnectivity and all of these things make the game a masterpiece and i was just completely hooked in it then i played elden ring and i was like Ah, oh, this is just so fucking hard. I, I, hard. I, I played it for like 25 hours and I still didn't get that far apart from the fact I realized, oh, if I get on the horse, I can actually defeat those fucking 
giants with the club. <laughs> sword, yeah. sorry. But yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get far in it because I don't have the patience. And also, look, I mean, I'm not trying to offend anyone because my cousin's always saying, hey, fucking, you know, Dark Souls and uh, Chat Tengu and D.B. Vares, my collaborator who's been on a few episodes. He's like, hey, you know, it's rich. It's this. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm thinking, man, like, I don't want homework. <laughs> I just want to enjoy the experience. And I don't know, like, my problem with those games is I feel like they're so sluggish. They are, yeah. And like, because to me, playing a game like Hades, I feel like I'm constantly in the zone. I I like a game that you feel like you're dancing around the enemies because as long as you're quick enough, you can be graceful, which is ironic, actually, because a lot of the times in games, I usually always choose a Zweihem because I just fucking love giant swords because, you know, cloud, strife, and guts. That's so, right, yeah. I guess I'm a hypocrite at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> This might be a silly question. Maybe it's a good one. Uh, what hobbies do you have away from being a voiceover? If it's just voiceover, then that's also fine. I, um, I don't know if I guess I would consider this a hobby in the fact that I don't really do it for money. But I, I, I love hiking. I love. Nice. Uh, I, I dabble in uh, photography a little bit, and sometimes that will, they go hand um, in hand, don't they? They do, yes. But sometimes uh, in non-hiking situations, I'll find pictures of something that I will take and then digitally manipulate, kind of like your profile picture uh, up there. It's fun. Sorry to interject. That is a term I came up with years ago called shape-shifting. Shape-shifting, yeah. That's the kind of art I do, where I take pictures of something, be it myself or an image I find, and I manipulate it. God, we've got a lot of fucking comparisons. All right. Do you have an Instagram? I do. Okay, good. We, we need to follow each other because I want to see. I want to see what you do. If, if, it's just quite an in, really interesting uh, comparison point. Yeah, wasn't expecting you to say that. Well, here's something else we have in common. Um, I'm also a musician. I had a feeling you might be. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I've not been in a band since Oklahoma, um, and I don't really pursue that kind of. Um, I guess music anymore i I still really appreciate it i'll go to shows and stuff and Mm. i i get really into it especially in uh smaller venues and jazz shows and that sort of thing where they you know they just do their thing i Mm. love that um but now i um if i have a long day at the computer i will also at the same time have an ambient track building underneath it as i go through the day mm-hmm. um, and i'm currently I've, I've been trying not to talk about this because i feel like when i talk about something it decreases the chances of it actually happening Understandable. but i'm i'm real close like this is almost done i am working on a ambient concept album inspired by the sun um so inspired that, by the sun the sun yeah fucking it's, beautiful yeah it'll be uh, tracks that make me think of or accompany a nice sunlit hike you know nicely oh Um, my god this is riveting (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to show you some of what i got you do you generally do and on on top of that i mean it's it's interesting i I actually because my my taste is incredibly varied even though i specialize in metal electronic post-punk dark wave etc 
I fucking can literally enjoy anything because it's all melody and rhythm at the end of the day. And I, I progressively listen to kind of more jazz. And there's a few jazz groups I really like called like Bad, Bad, Not Good. They do some really nice kind of progressive modern jazz with different elements from different genres. And it's just always so easy to listen to. And I always feel quite cultured listening to it. But I listen to a lot of ambient stuff as well. And I don't know if you've heard of this genre, but I really feel like you might vibe with this. Like there's a genre which in itself has a near limitless set of subgenres called dungeon synth. You heard of that? Dungeon synth. No. Dungeon synth. Okay, so at the at the core of it, it was clearly kind of conceptualized to be based upon the kind of whimsy or fantastical medieval music you might hear in an RPG or a fantasy movie. So so basically so much of the music sounds like it's from a video game. You just haven't don't know what game it is. And a lot of it and it and it varies so dramatically. Some can be, like I said, really whimsical, like you're in the fucking uh market in Zelda, or it can be emotive like Final Fantasy VII. Some of it's very ambient though. Some of it has a lot of slow kind of drone dungeon synths. Like do you do you use Bandcamp? I love that. I love that. Do I oh, use what? I'm sorry. Uh Bandcamp. I know what you're talking about. I don't have anything. Else. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, we're gonna sort. We're gonna change this for you because Bandcamp is the home of Dungeon Synth, my man. It is literally because the great thing about Bandcamp, like I, I go in between using Bandcamp and Spotify. Now, I, as a musician, I hate Spotify because it's funny you saying you know do do uh, voice acting because of the love in it. I'm thinking, well, <laughs> I've been a musician most of my life, so I'm very accustomed to not making any fucking money. But, uh, you know, I've always, I've always first and foremost cared about the creativity and the stimulation and anything else that comes with it is a bonus. I just, basically my dream in life is to just have enough money to do what I want to do. I don't care about being rich. I just don't want to be dirt poor. So I'm overdrawn and, you know, worried right. about bills and traveling and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, right. great thing about, uh, Bandcamp is you, you make an account. So like basically you, you buy music. You can favorite music. You can favorite songs. You can follow artists, uh, other fans, genres. So literally, throughout the day, I'll be getting pinged with dungeon synth updates, with black metal updates, nice. with doom metal updates, with post punk updates, with jazz updates, just constantly. And you're like, okay, I'll check this out. And the thing about Bandcamp is, it's basically made for the artists. So the artists get more cut from sales, and. That literally, like, you need, I'll fucking sit with you. I don't care to make it done, to make an account. And I, I just want to fire loads of music your way because I really feel like you'll get so much from it. And I appreciate it. Please do. Yeah. It's, it's honestly like it's a trove. So what you were saying about listening to ambient music, because sometimes when I'm working so diligently because of the ADHD, like I can't listen to voices because if I, I can't listen to a podcast if I'm working on something because I'll be too distracted by the conversation. I know so, what you mean, yeah. yeah. So I can like only listen to music. And if it's ambient, it's more soothing because I don't really listen to classical music, even though some of it's kind of classically rooted. It's so atmospheric and enchanting. So I basically make an account. I'm going to fire you a lot of recommendations that I have in my account. And I'm intrigued to see what you vibe with, what you don't. But I genuinely feel like you vibe with a lot of it. And fucking all else fails. All else fails. That's bullshit. I want you to release uh, the ambient album on Bandcamp because it's a wonderful place to do it. And it's a great platform to release your art and to discover art. So when okay. people are like, 
oh, you know, oh, there's no good music coming. It's like, who the fuck are you? Like, there's <laughs> brilliant music coming all of the time. To say that there's no good music anymore, all it means is you're limited with your capacity and scope. Because there's no good music if you just listen to the radio. Exactly. Yeah. If, if if you want to be a proletarian, no offense, proletarians, uh, this is like that. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know the difference anyway. <laughs> you know, if you want to listen to to what you're being told, great, fine. You can you can discover loads of good shit that way. But I used to listen to the radio all the time. But I got annoyed. And look, if a radio station's pure and and uh, the DJ is always hunting good stuff, fantastic. Like there's a guy called John Pill that used to be a DJ here. He was iconic because he was always hunting for new things, and I am perennially hunting for new sounds and sensations. And I hated listening to a radio, and it's like, oh, cool, I heard this song two hours ago. That's nice. Like, uh, I'm sorry, David. Can we pause for just a second? My phone's ringing. Sure, sure. Go for it. Oh, no, it's all good. Damn. Okay, cool. I was about to stop recording. Never mind. Uh, yeah, it's... Oh God. It's gone. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm no, sorry. no, don't apologize. <laughs> don't apologize. It's fine. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't like kind of being told what to listen to. Like, if, yeah. something, if something's earnest and someone thinks I might like it or they just want to share it, great. Fire it my way. But don't give me like a set list of chart music. Yeah. Because chart music in itself is fascinating to me because obviously a lot of it is made with odious intention, i.e. financial gain. And look, I'm I'm not knocking a lot of it because some of it is brilliantly made. To make a song that can resonate with people and be like simplistic, but also have that palpable ability to unite people through sounds, okay, that's fantastic. But at the same time, I hate this pre-proposed notion that pop music needs to be uh, three to four and a half minutes. And yeah. I, I don't know if you know why this is. Um, I'm guessing so they can get to a commercial. <laughs> you know what? This, that's probably a great additional <laughs> answer. I mean, I didn't think about that. And I'm, yeah, that's probably answer number two. Answer number one, which a friend of mine told me, uh, shout out Dave, it was because originally when uh pop music was released like be before this music was as long as it fucking wanted to be because you know classical music is hardly chart breaking is it half right. of it are like sonatas that are like half an hour long or whatever sweets exactly yeah you know just go with the flow go with the journey and that's why a lot of my music is long because it's like listen if i want to make a short song i will if a song needs to be multifaceted to like uh, reflects human experiences, then it's got to be fucking 20 minutes. I don't care. I go with right. my instincts. Right. But yeah, the, the reason songs were three minutes long is because the original vinyls couldn't hold songs longer than three minutes. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And that became the template. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. No, that, that, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I feel like they can, that technology has come a long way now. But have people? No. <laughs> I just oh, nice. bought the uh, the FF7 remake OST vinyl, and it's got 
uh, four vinyls. Two of them have eight songs from the remake OST, and then two of them have eight songs from the original OST. So it's still just like a selection. Interesting. Yeah. Because that is one of the best soundtracks I ever. In fact, I was editing. That was fantastic. That, 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 that album changed my life. I remember I still listen to uh, the soundtracks to seven and nine frequently because there's so many tracks. I, I Basically, I remember the first time I heard Nibelheim's theme and I thought this is the most beautiful, like crestfallen, longing song I've ever heard. And it, it, it moved me to tears. In fact, I actually used it in the previous episode when I was telling a sad story about uh, when I had COVID. So I just thought that the, the wonderful longing of Nibelheim and there's a beautiful song. I don't know if you remember it. It's actually the only song in Final Fantasy that only appears in one section. And it's called Reunion, when you're in the crater. Yeah. And I just, I love it because it's so beautiful and like fantastic, but also oddly unsettling. Kind of, and it really reminds me of a dream. In a sense where dreams can be beautiful, but you're aware that things aren't what they appear to be. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And I just, man, that album moved me so much. And it's probably one of the reasons why I really love Dungeon Synth, because to me, it's the kind of logical progression of a lot of people that grew up with ambient atmospheric video game music. Like, okay, how can we make homage to this in our own way to get the wow. sounds out from ourselves? Man, I just learned a new genre that I'm pretty sure is going to be one of mine from now on. So, oh, bro. <laughs> Seriously, you're so welcome. Like, the only joy I'm going to get from this is opening your mind to something I, I, I feel like you might well love. So when, when we finish recording, I'm going to send you some links. Uh, I'm wrapping up because I'm almost done, and I'm pretty sure I've probably got you fired from about four jobs because you're like, this <laughs> fucking asshole wants them talking, man. <laughs> well, I had four jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess my job is co-host now. Uh, okay, so the future. Uh, what advice would you have for a VO starting on the journey? <laughs> I bet you can put that in one word. What advice? Yeah, one word. Um, tatakaya. Hell fucking <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I, I, the, the easiest way to get started and keep building experience, and it's not, you know, not going to feel like it's the direction you want to go all the time, but read out loud. Read out loud. You will improve your enunciation. You'll improve your cold reads. You'll improve your ability to read for long periods of time, which you will be doing in a four-hour session. Um, read out loud. Read out loud. Brilliant advice. Yeah. Like, genuinely brilliant. And, yeah, you, you hear that. And, and it's, it's something I've always done my whole life, thankfully. And maybe because I just love the sound of my own voice. Uh, probably That's is. another good reason. There you go. Whoa. Oh, that's... <laughs> One I guess my I, can, no, I can't ask my girls on the question because it's actually just me asking you to give me a job. So I'm just gonna ignore that one. <laughs> all this, all this leading up to hey, so what it you was got a soft me? pitch. I've showed you my range. <laughs> okay, now the next word is the next game uh, I've alluded to off air. I said, why would I even say that? No one knows what we said before I press record. Anyway, uh, it's a, a word, word association, so, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's something that I like to call word wanderer word wander hell yeah and i think Ooh. you know it, it fits an adhd brain like we we both clearly have uh so basically i'm gonna say a word and i want you to say 
the first either word or sentence, whatever that comes to your mind. And remember, there's no wrong answers apart from when there are wrong answers. And if they are, then you know, that's a joke. You can we'll edit it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So what you got for me? Voice. Oh, man, I had a lot of things back in my head. Voice is your natural ability to communicate your thoughts and feelings. Very nice. Vision. Vision is your ability to have an idea and color it in to uh, make that, you know, to share that vision with other people. Your ability to make that, to visualize it. Man, I have to say, you, you do sound a lot like a dictionary at the moment, <laughs> which is useful. Uh, ADR. ADR is the process that we currently use to replace foreign language dialogue in games and animation. Automatic dialogue replacement. Beautiful. Video games. Video games, I answered this question earlier, are a huge imagination canvas for artists of all different you know, aspects to come together and create something interactive and you know, a space to, you know, all these people to bring their imaginations together, to bring something that someone else's imagination can come in and expand even further. I'm fascinated to see what the fuck you say for this one. <laughs> sandwich. A sandwich is an amalgamation of meats and breads and <laughs> vegetables and condiments. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's good depending on the sandwich artist. <laughs> oh my god, you're fucking destroying me with these, man. <laughs> oh, what else you got? What's it? What's in the okay. salad? Anime. Anime is the term that we have dubbed animation that comes out of Japan. I also like that term, word salad. Because <laughs> originally, this I called this segment Word Wanderer, because in my previous podcast, I came up with a segment called Word Wonder, and I thought, well, I like that, but I want to evolve it into something else, and I love the term Wanderer. Anyway, I enough about me. I love Wanderer, because you are wandering from topic to topic just by the word, so I love it. It's Thanks, great. man. Okay, where are we? Experience. Experience. Um, is both used to describe how something that you, you know, for lack of a better term, something that happens to you, something that you experience, what it does to you, what it evokes in you, your feelings, your experiences, right? But it's also something that you collect just by being alive. You, you collect experience in everything that you do. It all adds it fills in different parts of your brain that you can draw on later. Experience. Fucking great. Thanks, JRPGs. Or as I like to call them, drips, because catchy. Uh, drips. <laughs> Just, it took me a second. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, I, I like doing <laughs> shit. I used to call DVDs dubs to piss dubs. people off. There's a, 
the white phosphorus grenade in Metal Gear Solid 3. I had a friend who called them whoopgas because they're abbreviated WPGs in the game. He calls them whoopgas. And I was like, that's strangely funny. I'm going to call them whoopgas. <laughs> I love that, man. I'm a huge fan of stupid sounding uh, <laughs> amalgamations and new words and acronyms and all of that stuff. That's why everyone <laughs> loves to call me uh, this one. This one. <laughs> I was on the twook today. <laughs> yes, you fucking were. Yes, you were. I had a great episode with Riv. It was, <laughs> it was riveting. God, that's a good one. Uh, Skyrim. Skyrim. Um, how to describe it other than the way that I described it earlier? I watched a making of um, Skyrim. Not like making of, but like uh, there was a, the developers, the development team of Skyrim minus Todd, all got together over the the lockdown, and described their experience working on Skyrim, and that was the quintessential, like everybody coming together and putting their individual colors on a canvas. That was the quintessential example, um, mm. and I think it's amazing for as many people that went to work on this that um, you, it, it has a very clear impact on the scope of games that have come out after it. it a lot more games took to making their franchise go the jump to open world um, definitely in in some ways Skyrim was like uh, the Shenmue of its time only yeah. bigger and more impactful like Shenmue to me reminds me of like a band where a lot of uh fans like niche fans would be like if you fucking saw that band dead like like the way people talk about the pixies and how they inspired nirvana but a lot of people won't think about the pixies and they'll just talk about nirvana i feel like shenmue is to open world games uh is is to the, the fucking genre like what the pixies were to nirvana that's a really good example that's nice. a really good example, yeah. It, it honestly did so much. Pioneers. Yeah, genuine, genuine pioneers and trailblazers, trailblazers maybe a, a bit ahead of their time. I mean, my only problem with Shenmue really was like, motherfucker, stop going to bed early. Who are you? This isn't me. <laughs> oh. Eight o'clock? Really? Come on. Gee, what's wrong shit. with you? You're never going to fucking find Lundy if you go to bed at this time. You think he goes to bed at 8 p.m.? Oh. Yeah, exactly. He's out <laughs> fucking kicking ass at midnight. Rio, Rio. <laughs> have you heard this, by the way? There's, there's a, I don't know how popular, but fan theory that Rio is related to Kiryu, that they're actually brothers. I've not heard that, but you know, considering the similarities, I would, I would not think that was very far fetched. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like it if it was true. Okay, uh, two more. Well, Rio uh, is technically Chinese, though, right? You see. I thought I thought Shenmue was a technically. Took, I'm not sure anymore now. I thought that was a China thing. Oh, no, no, was, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I recall you go it being to China, Ch right? Yeah, he goes to China because London is China. Chinese. Never mind. I, I got it confused. I'm well, sorry. I mean, in your defense, it was over two decades ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare I you not really, remember? I, I only played the first Shenmue, like honestly. So. I did, dude. I didn't complete it myself, man. I got fucking bored of forklift driving. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is becoming like my son's been playing a vr headset recently got for his birthday 
And he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing this job where I'm working in the kitchen with these robots. I'm like, trust me, dude. <laughs> you do the same thing in 10 years time, you're gonna hate this, man. Yeah, real life's gonna be real boring to you, man. <laughs> exactly. And plus, <laughs> your robo fucking colleagues are pretty rude, because, look, I, I don't want to call a spade a spade, but I'm pretty sure they were thesist, because they kept on calling him human. It's like, hey, he's got a name, right? Meatbag. That's what they said. Organic. Human. Yeah. Serve our snap. That's they actually had more. Care. They, they, a lot of them were American. Well done, human. Nice. Hey, human. Can you pass this? Nice. Right on. Cool, human. <laughs> Thanks. It's like, wow. If you're that much of a surf dude, wouldn't you fucking get his name right? Anyway, where were we? Uh, flow. 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 It's something we have demonstrated wonderfully throughout the process of this uh, this converse, this series of conversations, this little Bible we've written here. It really is. I mean, I could imagine, basically, when I release these episodes, because it's probably going to be, well, it's going to be at least three. It's going to be between three and five. The, the episodes are going to launch with Moses at the top with a fucking scripture being like, hey, you know, here it is. You know what? Maybe, maybe the episodes can be launched parting the sea. And there you like, go. <laughs> we need to part the sea so a river can flow through. That's what we need. <laughs> and we've got one more word. Well, one more thing for you to say. And uh, Aaron Yeager. Aaron Yeager. Um, Tatakaya. Hell yeah! And <laughs> I have to say. I love in the show, and I was, I was, I've said this multiple times, but isn't it funny when you watch it? And no one says his name. Like everyone else's name is kind of minimalized, but it's like John, Connie, Owen, Levi, Aaron Yeager. Yeah, they always put so much <laughs> mustard on Aaron. You know what Aaron Yeager. <laughs> How do you say someone's the protagonist without saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> Look, the sun doesn't revolve around me, but when you say it like that every time. Exactly. <laughs> I'd always feel like I was in trouble if I was in school. It'd be like, you, 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 Aaron Yeager. See me after school. Oh, for fuck, what was I looking at? The yeah, full again? name means means trouble. Always. <laughs> you know, I actually had a teacher when I was studying, oddly enough, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions, I'm very much a, a person of the world. But when I was learning French, I did have a Brazilian teacher teaching French, and she had a thick Portuguese accent. And it was kind of hard to learn French. Plus, I didn't enjoy French. I love languages, but I never vibed with French. And she always used to say my surname. She'd be like, Sylvester, Sylvester. And I was like, that's not my name, miss. That's my surname. <laughs> she's like, whatever, Sylvester. And then after a fucking year and a half of this, she's like, Sylvester. I said, what is it, Santos? She said, that's not my name. I was like, well, now you know oh. how it fucking feels. <laughs> Don't you love it when people can't take their own medicine? It's the best. It's incredible. <laughs> And I invariably find whoever can't take their own medicine can always not handle it in a much, much smaller dosage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. They're like, oh, how dare you do what I've done to you a thousand times once? Do you yeah. know the outrage? Like, yeah, you know, how, how dare I? Goodness. Yeah. Wow, how dare I like, not even keep the odds remotely even? <laughs> One penultimate question. Uh, and, well, I kind of, you, you probably can't do it after the last question, but could you sum up voice acting if, you know, it's actually supposed to be three to five words, but I just kind of want you to say it again. So 
if you could define voice acting in one to five words, then that would be great. It's an art. Oh, fuck me, that was great. It's an art. It's an art like any other art form. Um, you're probably going to run into people who don't consider voice acting to be the same as acting, and that's bullshit. You're literally doing the same thing, sometimes in an even more complicated way. It's an art form. There's a lot of things that you and going way over five words. I'm sorry. I, I don't care. It's fine. We are clearly the fucking tyrants of tangents. I do, do love an alliteration. I mean, look, to the people that say voice acting is it's important, I say, why don't you start watching silent movies then? There you go. Well, you know, and those have their own artistic merit too, actually. Because you they, they do convey the story in a whole different means. Um, but like you get into the booth and you try yeah a lot of people will say oh it's just talking i could do that okay but let me put you in front of this monitor with this person moving their mouth speaking a different language and i need you to say this in english and i need you to do it in this timing and this you know this uh inflection this emotion um you probably want to at least sound somewhat like the character too so there's a lot of things going through your head when the they ADR is press insane. record yeah like genuinely, I've never done, I've never tried it before, but I've I've done like well, I've done comedy dubbing before, but it's so you know. Sorry to interrupt you. It, it, I I, ju I just find it fascinating this idea that I mean, because I'm a big wrestling fan as well, and I find it. I've trained to be a wrestler years ago. I messed up my knee and my shoulder, and I find it amazing the amount of people that say shit. Like, oh, it's fake, and it's like. Get you try out. asshole yeah well, first of all <laughs> thanks for clarifying the obvious are, are you gonna tell are you gonna tell me movies aren't real next you know like let me keep my childhood dumb like yeah what, what, people it's, get it's, hurt making movies too yeah it's, i just find it so incredible that i i feel like there's actually a degree of insecurity in the person if you feel the need to genuinely tell someone the most glaringly obvious element as if to say well, look i'm not fooled because i know it's not real well no one thinks it's real apart from maybe really young children yeah like yeah you're, it's fantasy it's fun that's why people like it you don't watch star wars being like well you know that that's uh you know james old jones is actually only using the voice there and that was david prowse you know you know that they're actors right you know darth vader's not really luke skywalker's dad said no one because it's not fucking fun that way <laughs> But, you know, to add to the point you said about, yeah, you try it. Like, oh, it's simple. Okay, do it then. If There's it's a whole simple. other side to appreciate to wrestling, too, because then you've got these people who pour all the all this time of their life into, you know, looking a certain way, not necessarily to brutally destroy someone, but to look like they can, and then get in the ring with someone else and execute these moves with a technical proficiency so that they don't actually injure each other it's actually really fascinating it's a fine art it really is and yeah like, it's an art wrestling is an art absolutely it's performance theater you know it's yeah. got dramatics and you're teaming up with someone to, for the betterment of the match for yourselves for your uh, performance and also for the people watching and there's a great quote i love for wrestling which is wrestling is people pretending to be hurt when they're not and yeah pretend, and pretending not to be hurt when they are yes they're acting <laughs> yeah exactly Ima imagine that only they're doing their own stunts yeah yeah good on them too because that's yeah i mean not, after, not after, 
I trained for about four months and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I'd rather just be a manager or a commentator. <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay. So yeah, one, the last final question, this really is the last question and it is yes, where, where can people follow you on social media, uh, to keep abreast of all of your wonderful projects? I, I have tried to, um, consolidate all of my social media as far as acting goes to river uh, vitae so v-i-t-a-e um at river vitae you can find me on twitter and instagram um i think i have other platforms you could probably find that way too i'm not super social media active so i apologize <laughs> if if something comes out i try to share it on there that's fine you do it i mean to be frank with you, I've used Twitter the most I have in the past month and a half ever. Yeah. <laughs> Previously, I'd only ever used it to follow random wrestlers and, I don't know, some musicians and some video games and shit like that. I've just, I'm only like, okay, wow, now I can, I just use social media as a set, uh, form of information. And I don't mean like misinformation. I actually mean like to find out you which can shows. Find both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like to me, social media is just oh, good. I get to find out when the show's coming out. Yeah, there you go. That's, That's a good way to use it. Yeah, not just like oh, so I should hate this group of people according to this other group of people. That's that's not my bag. Anyway, blah blah blah. This... I recently, yeah, I, I went to a, a Tool concert here in Anaheim, and afterwards they had a they had an opener, uh, Blonde Redhead, and I went to their social media because I wanted to see if they had like other angles of their performance or whatever you know sometimes they share some behind the scenes stuff that's really yeah cool. so social media is great for that oh yeah 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 i, I was sorry because of the train of thought i thought you meant like yeah it turns out they're all massively racist <laughs> i was like, I'm be like what <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just a good that would have been a tangent yeah <laughs> that would have been a huge tangent yeah, yeah no that it, it's great for that kind of stuff and i i, I saw tool live in god i think it was about 2005 Oh wow! But it was I'm jealous. Well, you know, when I tell you what happened, you won't be so jealous. Let, let oh. me just see what it was. It was actually one of the weirdest experiences. Okay, two thousand and six. Uh, I actually felt like I was having a fucking uh, breakdown mentally, basically because I was a little bit wasted with with, with my friend. Uh, shout out Nop, who's uh, Gulagun, who's been a guest on the show and tool came out and because of where we were seated we literally we saw maynard come out once with a cowboy hat on and like yeah. shirtless with jeans we're like whoa he looks fucking sick and then he disappeared so literally for the whole set all we could see was the bass player grooving yeah he's the only member we could see and it really started to weird us out and we're like <laughs> it's all just the bass player's manifestation like <laughs> Are they just a are they a projection of his own spiritual cosmic power? Is he in <laughs> fact tall? It was so weird. We could literally only see the bass player for the whole set, and just like oh, the drum wow. kit, we couldn't see the other guitarist, we couldn't see the drummer, we couldn't see Maynard, and we we're just like, this is so fucking jarring. That sounds like tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were the tools at the end of it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone might say, well, why didn't you just move? And the answer is because we were fucked. And we, were too yeah. we were too lazy. We were on the side of a hill. We're like, fuck it, whatever. We came to this show loaded. Exactly. 
Okay, fine. Uh, do you have anything else to say before I before I cut this off and let you live your life? Thank you so much for having me. And uh, this was this was wonderful. I don't I don't do things like this very often. So this was a this was a very pleasant experience. Thank you, Dave. Dude, you're so welcome. And genuinely, I'm honored because you don't do it often. But like, I, I I want you back on the show at some point because I uh, this this has been an amazing. I, I I feel like I'm talking to an old friend. Yeah, it does feel like that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's 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 cool. So I don't know. Whenever the planets align again, I'd love to get you back on. I don't care what we talk about. It could be anything. It could be could be voice acting. It could be music. It could be just anything. We've got a lot in common. So you know, it I don't sounds like we will definitely come back to talk about music. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Oh my god, uh, River. You've Maybe. had. <laughs> you, I'm trying to think of the best way to. I can't. Feel, ah, fuck it. Whatever, man. Tatakaya. Tatakaya. I can't wait to see that tattoo. Tattoo Kaya. <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> man, you fucking nailed it with that. Ugh.